Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode nine of the Perfect Part Podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be going over the top five ways to gain swing speed. And we're going to be going over some of the tournaments and what's happened in the past little while in mine and Landry's career. And then we're going to be doing a new segment called PGA Tour Player Profile, where we take a look at a different player and see what they've been doing right. And today we're going to be looking at Bryson DeChambeau. This episode is brought to you by Velocity Strategy Solutions. Velocity Strategy Solutions is a business management consulting firm helping leaders take their ideas from mind to market. The company is the innovative creator and champion of business growth architecture, which provides clients with a relentless focus on data, execution, and results that positively impact the bottom line. Velocity's proven experience helps leaders bridge the gap between ideas, innovation, and revenue. My name's Carter Straub. As always, I am joined by Landry Hampton. And today, I figured we would start out with the State of Our Game segment. So Landry's had a lot of recent tournaments. So Landry, why don't you go on and tell us about some of them? The past three weeks, I've had four tournaments. Um... Some of which were good, some of which I had bad days, but um, the most, um, the first tournament I had was at the Legacy Golf Course, our, me and Carter's home course. Um, it was 18 holes, about 6,500 yards. Um, and uh, it was, I was very good on the first 13 holes. I was putting it well, chipping it well. The ball was going in. Um, I was putting very good, and then on, and now I've been sp- uh, trying to speed up my swing over the past few months and working out a lot and trying to get um get some more distance. That way I could you know come in with with a wedge instead of like eight irons, seven irons. You know, try to get a good um shot at always get, getting more birdies than pars. Um, even though that's not the mindset I always have, but it, it, that kind of helps out with it. But now that I'm doing that, the driver shaft in my um, driver is too weak, and that causes uh, the club face to come open and go to the right. And that's what happened on 14 and 15, and it cost me um, brutally. I bogeyed those holes, and then on 16, I hit a U-wedge way over the green, and I thinned it just a little bit. And I did the one thing I promised myself I would never do. Ah, choked. Uh, and I know it's a bad thing to say, but uh, I finished second place. I finished two shots back ahead of um, behind a 79. I don't know who I finished second to. Um, but then the next the next time I had, it was at Riverside Golf Course, which is where me and Carter get our lessons at. And it's not a very big course. However, the, when you move back to the back tees, it's very hard, especially when you have a high T flight because of a weak, a weak shaft, um, and so there I did not perform to my greatest. I shot eighty nine. Um, I couldn't keep the ball straight. The ball I couldn't putt that good neither. Um, but I shot. But then I shot eighty nine, which was well, I think two strokes ahead of um, of the fourth place guy, and I got third place. So at least I got a medal with it because that's pretty good. Um, I guess for my resume now. 
Um, and then the next tournament I had was at Ted Rhodes um, in Nashville. Uh, it was a two-day tournament. We're playing the uh, second-to-last tees, about 6,000 yards, 6,500 yards. Um, my first day wasn't that bad. I shot 82, very, very good performance. I was putting it good, uh, driving the ball very good. And then that next day, I believed that that day was going to be my day. And I just, I felt so confident going in. I felt very good about my game. And guess what happened? Nothing. It was <laughs> one of the worst uh, letdowns I've ever had in my life. I went up against this guy who ripped Dustin Johnson's every single time he stepped up on the tee box. Um, and then I shot 86. I ended up tied for sixth. And, uh, and that, that was a kind of a crusher. But then I had... The tour regional at Montgomery Bell, Carter has some history, and he won the uh, nine-hole tournament in the ten to thirteen tour. Carter, is that correct? Yep. yep. Last year. Last year, and uh, he won that tournament, and so he has some experience there. Um, Montgomery Bell, I've really lo- liked the course a little bit. It's a little hard to walk, especially with the hills and everything. Um, and it was very hot out there, and I had I drunk like. 15 bottles of water over the entire two days. Um, I'm sure it was hot. Yes, it was. Um, the first day wasn't bad. I shot 83. Um, I my, I didn't putt the ball well. I The thing about those greens were I wasn't expecting the speed of the greens because I never played them in like a year uh, since my, since the tournament last the last year they had it. And I was just... I was not very familiar with the greens. However, I was putting it close enough to the hole where I can make a lot of five footers and, um, and try to keep keep my, make make those stroke savers. That way, I can find myself a good position for the weekend. I mean, I mean for the last day. And um, that last day, I thought, okay, this is it. Because if I didn't win this tournament, then I would be winless, and my and I would not win from the. Um, for, for the first three years of my snitcher career. And uh, I plan on winning out there, and I just I said I had nothing to lose. I mean, and then about, I think, five holes in, it was great. Um, I wasn't hitting the ball that bad or that good, neither. Um, I couldn't make putts all day, or I couldn't make putts all, all those two days. I mean, it was terrible. I couldn't get the speed of the greens right. I couldn't. Um, get anything right. Um, and then on six, I hit my drive just a little to the right. And Montgomery Bell is known for their trees, and sometimes they have roots in the ground. Well, one of those balls bounced on the roots and went way and bounced way right into the woods along with those deer. And I, I lost that ball, and I made a seven on number six, which was... Uh, oh, that sucks. Unlucky. That's you hate those because you really you almost can't control them, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, especially that I came in the, I was either coming too steep or or a shaft behind. I'm trying to figure that out. Um, eight was the downfall, and I. There's no shame in saying it. I blew it up, blew it up, so badly, just like I did at the Legacy. I made a ten. On the number eight, it's a little bit uphill. I hit 
two balls out of bounds because I hit them off the toe because I was trying to make sure I kept the ball straight. And it went way left out of bounds, and I couldn't. And then I, on my sixth shot, I got into the bunker, and then I thinned it out of the bunker on my seventh, and I just I couldn't get up and down from there. So I made a 10 on that hole, which was very uh, embarrassing for me. And then I finished with a double, which ultimately put the cherry on top, so to speak, on a terrible day. Shot 92. Um, and then just, it was the worst I ever felt in my life because I, I went up from finishing tied for six to t- finish tied for 13th, which was the worst uh, result of this year. And uh, I've been trying to eliminate it, but uh, it hasn't been well. But I'm really looking forward to this next high school season to try to win state for our team because we got a pretty stacked team. Our season starts um, at the beginning of August, and we um, – we really, really look forward to getting out there. Well, and Montgomery Belt, like eight, eight and nine, they're tough holes. Like eight, eight's tough because you you have to kind of hit it uphill, then it goes downhill and all funnels to the left. Nine is just it's nine nine funnels down to the right, so th- those holes are hard. Um, but when's your next event? Is it high school? Yeah, it's a high school match. Uh, we don't really, I don't, I don't really know if I have any uh, other snitcher tournaments along with uh, my other high school matches. So um, that's really the main focus now is, is just high school matches. So Landry's had a lot happen in the past couple of weeks. Um, we wish we could have done some more podcast episodes, but we've both been busy and we tried to record an episode, but we had some technical difficulties. But Landry's had a lot of tournaments. I've had just a lot of craziness happen. So I guess, I mean, I had a tournament at the very end of June at Harrison Bay Golf Course, which is in Chad, near Chattanooga. And it's a really nice course. Love the course. But I, day one, you know, I, I played pretty good. There, there wasn't too much I did wrong. I could have I could have hit my irons a little bit straighter, a little bit more solidly. My short game was definitely pretty bad. Uh, it could have been a lot better, but overall, I didn't do too terrible. I think I shot eighty three, I believe. So nothing too bad. I, I was still in contention uh, for day day two because I think I shot like eleven or twelve over, and the leader was like eight over. So I was still pretty close, feeling good going into Sunday, I like I always do, I kind of wrote out where my biggest misses were, and it was really I just needed to keep my irons from going too far right. Um, so woke up that morning, uh, had some strange pain in the lower right side of my stomach, but it was very, very minor, didn't think much of it, kind of seemed to go away uh, on the car ride to the course, got there, warmed up fine, hit it pretty good, didn't play very well on the front nine. Had had a few un- unfortunate drives. I mean, it rained during the middle of it, and the fairways got so soft. I hit one drive that ba- that buried in the fairway, so we couldn't find the ball. But little un- unfortunate things like that didn't play great. Um, but on hole nine, uh, I had a six iron into the green, and I hit it, and the 
place on my uh, stomach really, really started hurting again, like to the point where I could barely talk and barely walk. Um, it was, it was crazy. Like I, I, I could barely move. So I had to withdraw from the rest of the tournament, unfortunately. The pain stayed about the same for about 25, 30 minutes, pretty bad. And then slowly started to get better. Um, I had a tournament the next Monday, so I had to withdraw from that, but planned to play that Wednesday. Uh, I figured it was just a small muscle tweak and it would be fine in a day or two. But I woke up Monday morning and it was no better. If anything, it was actually worse than it was Sunday night. Same thing with Tuesday. So I ended up having to withdraw from Wednesday and the pain continued to not get better. So I had to withdraw from another tournament and that's when uh, we decided to go to the doctor. And at first they thought it was a hernia, but then I got another opinion and they don't think it is. So right now they think it's a muscle strain somewhere, kind of like a muscle, like a hip flexor muscle. Um, They're not 100% sure exactly what it is. My pain still isn't much better. I'm still barely doing anything. I mean, I can putt and chip in, in small bits, but that makes it hurt some. So unfortunately, I'm out until further notice of golf. Um, I mean, I've been putting, trying to keep that really sharp, get that really good, which it's already gotten a lot better. But as of right now, I'm hoping to be able to get back out there and play my first tournament middle of August. But right now, kind of have no idea if it is indeed a muscle strain. Uh, it could be anywhere from a week or two more to eight weeks more. So there's no real, really good way to tell. But it's kind of just been unfortunate not being able to play golf, uh, especially we've had a lot of nice weather. There were I've had to withdraw from four or five events, which is a lot, like considering I've only played like five this year, which is disappointing. But hopefully it won't be too long before I can get back out there and get get better but but luckily I mean before my injury I was swinging it pretty well I was actually I was hitting the ball pretty well my short game needed work which luckily I'm getting to work on right now but um, I was working on my iron swing getting a little bit steeper left arm uh, turning a bit more to avoid getting the club too far behind me and um, I mean I was hitting it very very well but we'll just have to wait and see what happens with this injury Right, and I hope that uh, sooner than later you can we can figure out what the heck is going on with you, and hopefully you can get back out there. So for this segment, uh, last episode we did top five mistakes you can make on the golf course, and I enjoyed making a list of the top five that we thought and discussing. So with all the buzz around distance lately, and DeChambeau especially, uh, Tony Finau recently hitting a 206 mile power ball speed, which is crazy. And with all the distance, we figured we would do top five ways to gain swing speed. So swing speed doesn't always equate to more distance because if you miss hit it really, really badly, but I'd say 90% of the time it does equate to more distance. So Landry and I have come up with top five, our top five, uh, ways to gain it and, well, the thing about swing speed for me is is I'm more of a guy that um, mostly likes accuracy over distance. But when you look at, at now, if I, ever, if I ever am on tour and I have the accuracy mindset in my head, 
then I'm not going to do well because when you look at the uh, average driving distance, like the Shambo, Dustin, Rory, and all all those other guys, they drive the ball pretty farther um, than most amateur golfers. Um, so, and they usually do um, exercises, but it's really more complex than that when you talk about swing speed because it's not always about working out, being the most fit. You know, there's certain different ways to get your club swing speed up. So, my first one, which is kind of the most important because it's very essential in your golf swing, is center contact. Um, so, if you have a very fast swing speed, um, if you have an, or a normal swing speed, if you can get center contact, not toe contact, not heel contact, um, that will definitely swing your swing speed up faster, even uh, even in the follow through. Um, especially, and it'll gain you more distance the more and more you practice at it and get more consistent with it. And this one I, I um, researched up not too long ago. Um, and Tiger once said this, he's, one other tip is to swing faster. However, that doesn't mean swing as hard as you can. One thing I've learned is, especially with, this is what Tiger said, you can swing as hard as you want as long as you can stay on balance. If you can't stay on balance then take it back a notch. But swing harder just enough to keep you on balance, and that will help, help you uh, gain your swing speed up. That's a really good quote by Tiger, is really just do as much as you can without doing too much. So, I mean, if that makes sense. The third one um, that's mo- that is the most common with most professional golfers right now on the tour, including Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, um, is use the ground. Uh, we usually see this a lot of times in their swings and when they're out there on t- in their in their tournaments. Um, most golfers, in order to gain swing speed, in order to gain the power that they need uh, to get the ball out there, is they use the ground. Now I don't know how they do it. I don't know how. I've never heard of it. I just thought you know they just put everything they had and ha- have into that swing. But usually they use the gravity of the ground, and they and they're able to to, to bring the more lag down into the ball and bust it. That way they can get more swing speed and uh, get more at, get more distance if they have center contact. All right, and number seven, which is the most common, is get in the gym. That's most obvious. If you can't um, lift weights that well, or if you can't. Um, get fit then you're not going to be able to hit um hit, hit the ball farther or get get or get a faster swing speed when you look at Bryson DeChambeau I guess he's done a darn good job of it uh yeah and the last one I have is um and this is kind of maybe I guess opinion um change your golf ball um I know this this may not this may be either awkward or it may sound confusing but but apparently there are many golf balls out there that you you have many golf ball companies like a Titleist, TaylorMade, um you have then uh the Top Flight has some, Callaway has some. Uh there are there and Srixon, there's so many ball companies out there. However, if if you don't if the most companies that the biggest company that doesn't help you with uh, get your ball speed up it or swing speed up is uh, top flight balls and uh, practice balls, Wilson staff, and all this other stuff. Callaway. It's not gonna get, 
and Callaway. Yes, most importantly, Callaway. I tried that. That helped me with accuracy. That didn't help me a darn with worth of distance. That's the most important. Uh, those, are, those are my five most important things, especially the golf ball. I, didn't, I really didn't know about this, but apparently Titleist and TaylorMade are the uh, biggest golf balls that can help you gain swing speed and um, distance and help you uh, get out there with your playing partners to only to ultimately compete with them. But uh, those are my five, and and I'll turn over to Carter, who has his biggest five. So I want to first touch on the golf ball, which I think is really good. But I also want to say that we're not downing any companies. If you play Callaway or if you play um, Top Flight or whatever, those golf balls may work for you. Um, and the only reason I said Callaway is because last year my golf spy, which is a great source to follow, they do all sorts of equipment and technology reviews all related to golf. And they did a test that found Callaway's golf balls are so soft that soft generally means it won't go quite as far. Now, Callaway has addressed this and I think just recently come out with their Chrome Soft X, which is actually a lot harder. I haven't been able to test it and neither has anybody else that I've seen, so I'm not sure about it, but I was just going based on what I've read and the studies I've seen. Um, but I do know plenty of people who play Callaway balls that still hit way farther than I do. So my top five ways to gain swing speed. Um, my first one, or number five, is probably I wouldn't recommend doing it unless you're just swinging really slow. So if you're 15 years old and still swinging at like 85 or 90 miles per hour, and you're a good golfer, like you've got a good swing, um, then you might want to consider changing some sort some part of your swing, so some swing dynamic. Um, the top three ways people um, gain swing speed uh, through swing dynamics, one of them is Landry touched on. It's uh, the squat and jump. So whenever you push from the ground, which every good golfer should, at least some, but some people like Roy and Tiger do it an excessive amount. But when you push into the ground, what happens is that forces your body to rotate more and to release and to hold the lag more and release faster, uh, mainly the release, but that it just forces your body to. I'm not 100% sure all the physics and everything behind it, but I, I, I know it works because Tiger, Roy, JT, I mean, Bubba Watson, almost all long hitters do it. Um, another way that is commonly seen, uh, Bubba Watson and JT also do this is they have a steeper left arm and they normally have a pretty wide swing and that allows them when they shallow that creates a lot of speed by just turning and dropping the hands that creates a lot of torque which in turn which makes a lot of speed is something you see on tour and the final thing is that's kind of harder to come by is lag so that's how Sergio Garcia hits the ball so far. There are very few people that have like a ton of lag, what I'm thinking about. JT has a little bit, but other than that, I can't really think of any. But when you get the angle of your left forearm to the club in in the downswing, the more angle you have, the more energy you're going to have to release. Um, But that one's definitely kind of risky. Um, That one's really hard to do with the lag. 
but everybody has their way in their swing of making some sort of speed because a tour player, when they swing, their hands only swing at about 14 to 16 miles per hour. Everything else is just created through angles and release, which is quite crazy. You, your hand, Because when your hands are only moving at 16 miles per hour and you're able to produce 122 mile per hour club speed, that that's ridiculous. So my number four is another one Landry touched on is going to be exercise. Exercise in terms of muscle and explosive exercises, both will do a lot to increase your swing speed. I did this a lot over last winter and I saw a good three, three to five mile per hour jump, which is quite a lot when you feel like you've already maxed out. Um, but my advice on exercise, and again, this is just my advice. If you want de- advice based tailored to you, go see your golf coach or a physical trainer. But um, I like pyro exercises, which is basically jumping exercises. So um, sometimes you'll see them jump on a box. Sometimes it's just jumping. So my favorite pyro exercise, for example, is um, deadlift jumps. So it's where you take like 60 to 70 pounds or however much you want to take. And it's like a deadlift, but instead of just going up, you jump and you and you try and land softly. And something with those fast movements trains your nerve and muscle fibers to fire a lot quicker, which in turn, uh, in turn produces distance uh, in your swing. Uh, another good thing is sprints, again, because you have to move very quickly very fast, which um, trains your muscles to go faster in all things, including the golf swing. And then if you're looking for muscle power instead of just your everything firing faster is um, low rep, high intensity. It will depend largely on your size and how strong you are currently, but something like, I don't know, uh, 150 to 180 pound deadlifts, just do them slow. So, or fewer reps. So instead of doing 10 reps at 140 pounds, do 180 pounds at three reps and then rest. And by doing that, that puts maximum strain on your muscles. My third one is going to be equipment. So uh, Landry touched on the golf ball, which I didn't even think of. I was just thinking of your actual equipment, which... um, the shaft you play, the shaft flex and the shaft weight can play a huge role in how fast you, you swing the club. So but generally, the lighter the club shaft and the, le- the lighter the flex, so closer to senior, regular, or whatnot, um, that's going to produce faster swing speeds. And that's even for tour pros who play extra stiff shafts. It's going to produce faster speeds. The only downside of playing a shaft that's too weak or too light is you lose a lot of your accuracy. So what you want to do, especially when you get fit, which I recommend you get fit for all your clubs, um, is you try and find that that happy medium between distance and accuracy because you're always going to be able to get a little bit more distance with shaft, but you're also going to sacrifice a little bit of control. So definitely at in that area, I just I recommend you go get fit by uh, a professional fitter. My number two is stay fluid in your swing. So the number one or one of the biggest distance killers is 
it, it's got to be tension because when you, you have tension, I don't care if it's at the start of your swing, in the middle of it or whatever, when your muscles tense up a lot, that reduces the, their mobility and able to move quickly. So when you, you reduce their speed and mobility, you're going to sacrifice distance, which I know it's definitely hard to do that. Um, in tournaments when you're really nervous and there's a lot of tension or whatnot, but that will help you to gain speed. And then my final one is kind of almost a tip. It's not really, um, a way to gain swing speed. Uh, it's a way to maintain it almost. And that's know when to go a hundred percent on your driver. So by going 80 85% on some narrower holes, you're able to hit it straighter, which tells your brain that you're able to hit it straight when you need to. And that will also allow you to commit 100% when you have a little bit more room. Um, that'll allow you to to hit it farther because your brain thinks, you know, you can, you can hit it straight at 85%, so why can't you hit it straight at 100%? So that's almost kind of a psychological thing. Um, it, it's worked for me. I've tried it. I, I don't know if anybody else this um, has done it, but it, it seems to work for me. So be able to know when you need to go 85% on your driver and when you just need to let everything you have at it. Really, but those are really um, – the, the biggest one that I must pay attention to was staying fluid. I think that's what I need to do. I got so much nerves pent up in, the, in my, all my tournaments. I guess that's probably why I'm hitting it so far right is because I don't have, and that's that, and that's decreasing my distance as well. But uh, those are very good, um, very very good swing tips. Um, I believe Bryson Shamo used probably um, 99% of the swing tips we 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 brung up. Uh, and uh, speaking of Bryson Shamo, we're gonna bring him up um, right now and uh, talk about how his transformation, and uh, also talk about his a little bit of his career a little bit. But most importantly, his transformation, because that is the biggest topic, uh, if not uh, one of the biggest topics right now on the tour. So, Carter, uh, we have noticed that uh, Bryce Nishembo has really gotten bulked up over the past few months, especially over the, over the entire um, pandemic with the coronavirus. And... Um, We've seen how his diet is. We've seen um, how his drives have been humongous and uh, and godly. Like I, I can't even imagine anybody hitting the ball that far. If anybody else, it's a long, it's it's a world long driver. Um, but the thing is, he's making it work so well that people say people can say he's swinging too fast or he's swinging too hard. Um, but because he's making it work because he's been in the top five um, as many times as JT had has been um, o- over the entire season. And um, so, Carter, what, what is your opinion on Bry- what Bryson's uh, doing? So I think there's some good to it, and I also think there's some bad to it. Um, I don't think either outweighs the other. Um, the good... I think it's showing that with work and uh, by adding muscle, you will gain swing speed. And it also, also shows that 
when you swing faster and hit it farther, it does tend to result in lower scores. Because if you look at his stats, um, he's placed a lot better the past two or three tournaments without many of his stats changing other than driving distance. So, uh, I mean, it makes sense, though. Yeah, If you have a gap wedge instead of an 8-iron into a green, I mean, I know I'm going to hit my gap wedge closer 90% of the time. But, so, I, it also gives you it gives you more control. Um, the, the downsides to it, I think, um, I don't think it'll be too long before he injures himself, either exercising or swinging too hard. Um, I just don't think your body can handle that much muscle gain that quickly. Now, if he had done this over a year or two, I, I may think differently, but it, it, it seemed very fast to put on 30 pounds. Um, so I, I don't know, but I would guess that's not very healthy. And that's why some people are accusing him of using steroids. So Landry, what's your thought on the steroids? I mean... It has been pretty fast, which which really caught my eye because, like, he what he like back before the pandemic, he was what driving it probably about I don't know around almost under three hundred yards, maybe over three hundred yards. I don't I don't check his driving distance. It was around I think like three ten. Three ten, okay. Um, and because we didn't. We didn't see him that bulked up. We saw him, you know, hitting it farther with the guys, but we didn't see him bring, bust out, you know, long drives or humongous drives or Dustin Johnson like Rory McIlroy like drives. Um, but it's it, it, they are correct. It has gotten very fast, especially like the pandemic has lasted what about maybe four months, and then he's now. But he, like the transformation from him not then versus now, to me has been. It, it does uh, bring up the conversation of steroids, but I mean, I mean, I, I really don't know if he is using steroids or not. I mean, because I, I don't think a guy like that, a guy like that, is not going to do that. Um, I know um, he has a he has a rifle mind. I know he's I know he's not capable of doing that. Not in my eyes, that is. Um, but out of the steroids, I don't think so. But bringing the steroids out of the picture, um, I mean, I can't see, um, I just don't know how he makes that swing work, uh, especially with how his swing is. Um, I'm going to, we're going to go away from the steroid subject a little bit here, but if you bring up a Bryson DeChambeau swing and, uh, we talked about this in the uh, swing tips when Carter said we used the ground. And um, so if you watch Bryson Shambo's swing and uh, you see how his arms are, you know how bulk up he is. But the main attention I always have on his swing is his feet. I brought this up in the last episode where we had technical difficulties. But when I, every time I see him swing, every time I see him um hit a ball, no matter whether he's hitting driver or wedge. Um, well, mostly around with his woods. Um, every time he hits a ball with his woods off the tee, he's always swinging out of his shoes, and his feet are, like, flying everywhere. And the crazy thing is, 
the ball's going freaking straight. I mean, I can't even. It's like it's like he's swinging like a Happy Gilmore or a world long driver. I mean, I don't know how in the world he does it. I don't know how he makes it work. But uh, to me, I don't think he is doing steroids. I don't think that he's um, even capable of it. Uh, well, I know he's capable of it, but I just don't think he's a guy that's going to do it. Um, but I believe that uh, he, it has been pretty fast, and we got to pay extra attention to it, especially um, if he injures himself or if he goes um, haywire and decides to get more distance as well. Yeah, um, well, and I'm, I'm, me personally, I'm not going to say he's doing them, and I'm not going to say he's not doing them, because I don't have enough um, medical knowledge to know, like, what some of the side effects are of steroids to look out for those, or to know, like, what's the maximum amount of muscle you can gain, like, health, like, normally just by exercising in that small amount of time. So I don't know. Um, Yeah, I I mean, I think I can just leave it at that because I think it's about a 60-40 chance. I think there's a 60% chance he's not using them and a 40% chance he is because, again, 30 pounds of muscle. Uh, And I know he did a whole whole lot more than I did, but I worked at it this winter. And I think I may have gained eight pounds over six months of working out. Like, and I know, I mean, I'm not, I didn't eat like you did or anything, but 35 pounds seems to be like a a lot for what, three months, five months. Um, But I definitely think we'll have to wait and see what, what his, what, how his body reacts because He's only been swinging like this, at least on tour, for four weeks. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens in six months from now and a year from now. Um, but one thing, one negative thing this is doing for everybody else is people like um, uh, Zach Johnson, Webb Simpson, uh, Brant Snedeker, all those people, is they don't hit the ball very far. I mean, I think Snedeker off the tee averages like two, what, 290, 285. And so by um, one extreme, by DeChambeau going to the other extreme, it it's taking like the USGA and RNA's eyes and all they're seeing is more distance. They're not seeing the guys who are still 285, 290. So what I'm afraid is going to end up happening is they're going to continue to push back the distances or they're going to release something that um, lowers the distance, like a lower distance golf ball, which that's a whole other topic for another episode that I have a bunch of opinions on. But I think they're going to end up making the courses longer, which will then leave people like Snedeker, who is a great golfer. I mean, won the FedEx Cup. It's going to leave them in the dust. They're going to have nowhere to go. Um and I think that's just going to take take something out of the game. I really, I really do. Um, so I, I read a thing today where the uh, RNA president, I think, sent DeChambeau letter talking about how this just confirmed that they needed to put distance uh, reducing measures in place, which 
maybe we do that next episode. We talk about that, but I have uh, quite a few opinions on um, reduced distance golf balls, equipment, and just how much it'll leave a, a certain type of player. It, it will leave them off the tour. So I, uh, I think it's a wait and see game. Um, Landry, I mean, do you agree? Definitely. Um, I just, it is definitely going to leave a lot of golfers, um, more than Brant Seneca. I mean, when you look at the driving distances, um, guys like uh, Zach Johnson, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Vegas, um, uh, Graham McDowell, uh, Martin Keimer, all these other golfers, even who, if they're not good, if they somehow manage to get good, they're not going to be good enough, especially if they um, if they rebuild the courses. But like I said, it's a wait-and-see game. we got to see what transpires, and hopefully um, if they do, I uh, hope that they still stick around. They're still competitive, but I just don't I, – I don't see how they're going to be able to compete, especially now with how, how much important distance is. Thank you all for listening to this episode. Uh, if you did enjoy it, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to us. Um, if you have some advice for a topic or you want to join us as a guest, be sure to message us on Instagram at the Perfect Par Podcast, or you can email us at theperfectpar at gmail.com. Uh, please go and follow us on Instagram. That way you can kind of vote on different topics we do. And you can see when we when we release new episodes. Hit bombs, hit pins, make the perfect par, and most importantly, do not choke.